You're listening to The Six Degrees of C-Dub, a segment of The C-Dub Show. Visit us on the Say Something Nice podcast network at ssnpodcast.com. Follow us at The C-Dub Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Acast. And now, on to our show. episode of the six degrees of c-dub i am your host c-dub and we are court recording this live saturday july the 14th in the year of our lord 2018 uh, for those of you who have never listened before the six degrees of c-dub is a special segment that we do from the c-dub show where we interview folks that are doing fancy stuff in our communities and today i am sitting with a good friend of mine, um, and I don't want to give him too fancy introduction because people gonna think I'm just giving him a fancy introduction because he's my friend, and that's not the reason at all. He actually is. So as you may or may not know, I live here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we just got through with our preliminary election season, and we are now headed into the big time, into November election. And because I know none of y'all suckers vote when there is no presidential election going on, I need everybody to know who to vote for because most of y'all don't. So I'm sitting here with my good friend, Dimless Johnson, who is going to be running or is running for Richmond City Council. Hello, Dimless Johnson. Hey, 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 how you doing, Dub? Good to see you again. Dimless, first of all, do not be code switching on my show. <laughs> I had my grandmother on here a while ago, and I was like, hi, grandma. Hey, baby, how are you? Grandmother, you are not that nice. So I don't want you, don't put your fancy voice on. I want you to talk to me just like when we are at school running around with the kids, okay? Can you do that? I can do that. All right. So, Dimless, first tell us a little bit about, before we get into your background, what is it that you are running for? When are you going? When is the election? All that good stuff. Give us the details. So, hey, once again, thank you for having me on your show, Dub. Um, once again, my name is Dimless Johnson III, and I'm currently a candidate for Richmond City Council, and the vote is November 6th. Once again, that is November 6th, which is actually two days before my 26th birthday. So, yep. Dimless, I didn't know when your birthday was. I just came to school one day and said, happy birthday, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> All right, so now we know you are running for Richmond City Council, um, November the 6th. What is your background here in Richmond? I know you're a Richmond native. Tell us a little bit about your background here in the city. Yes, indeed. So I, I'm most definitely a Richmond native. I was born at Brookside Hospital before they changed the name to doctors and closed the doors. Um, I was <laughs> raised in the Iron Triangle, but when I was growing up, we called it Central. So 
Um, we, you know, I was raised in the Iron Triangle, Fifth and Nevin, right across the street from the community center. Went to Easter Hill Preschool, went to Stege Elementary School, went to Portland Middle School, um, and you know, between the years of 2006, 2006 to 2010, um, we moved to Pittsburgh, and I ended up graduating from Pittsburgh High School. I love um, you anyway, even though you should have went to us through the Minigacho. Go ahead. We was on our way. They, you know, we had books and everything. We went to orientation, and our mom took our books back. It was like, y'all. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. So Your mama, his mom ain't no joke, y'all. So I believe it. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, you know, ended up going to Pittsburgh High School, went to um, St. Mary's College of California for a year. And then after that, my freshman year, I transferred to Howard University in Washington, D.C., and then, you know, graduated with a, I, ma I majored in radio, television, film production with a minor in Africana Studies. And I had enough credits to double minor in political science, but the accreditation school wouldn't allow for me to double minor, but I took the classes anyway, so. And it's, I've, I've hung around you so much, I almost said the real HU, but I have no dog in that fight, <laughs> and I'm not putting that rhetoric onto my show. Now, you, a lot, in your story, you told a lot of things with, that have changed, like how what doctors used to be Brookside and how you grew up in Iron Triangle and used to be Central. How old are you, Dimless? I mean, and I, I also, we lived in um, Kennedy Manor, not, not Monterey not Pines. Pines. I yeah, don't know what this Monterey Pines told I told, I told the girl, I said, I don't know what Monterey Pines look like. I don't know. I've never been inside Monterey Pines. I know the manor. I can tell you about the manor. I lived in the manor. Well, how old are you, Dimless? I'm 25 years old. Are you the youngest candidate ever for Richmond City Council? You know what? My campaign manager told me um, that he was doing some research, and it turns out that um, if elected, I will be the youngest city council member ever elected to Richmond City Council. And what other positions do you currently or have you held in Richmond? So, um, aside from working as a school community outreach worker at the Richmond High School, the Richmond High School, um, I also serve as the chair of the City of Richmond's Economic Development Commission, and then I also serve on the Citizens Police Review Commission. I serve on the Salesians Boys and Girls Club um, Board of Directors, and I also serve on the Richmond History Museum Board of Directors, and a host of other boards and organizations throughout the city. Richmond is very much a changing city. It's a yes. lot different from when you and I grew up. I mean, I'm a lot older than Dimless. You know, oh, when Dimless was born, and apparently his auntie knew me when I was a little girl working around the corner in my family. So, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Just to give you all a little bit of context, we are recording this at Dimless Campaign Office, which is in the Hilltop Mall. Hilltop Mall has been around Shops since what? Well, I'm sorry, the shops at Hilltop. Shops at Hilltop. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the, the shops of Hilltop, which used to be the Hilltop Mall, has been around since what, 75, 76? Yep, 75, 76 sounds about right. And But, you know, it's it's had better days. So I know that one thing that Demos has been working on with um, the Economic Development Commission Correct. is actually bringing those good days back to Richmond. What are some of the other things that you guys have been working on to try and really bring economic development into the city? Well, that's a great question because in addition to Hill, um, the shops at Hilltop, formerly known as Hilltop Mall, um, you know we're, we're helping to revitalize several of Richmond's business corridors. Um, one of the first being the McDonald Corridor, downtown Richmond, working very closely with Richmond Main Street Initiative, um, as well as the city manager's office to help, and as well as some of the developers that's coming down there, Ernst Valley Investments being one of them, an African-American developer from Baltimore who did great things in that city. Um, he's, you know, gonna be developing some places downtown, some mixed-use developments. I'm gonna be having some housing as well as a retail shopping. And so we're gonna help revitalize that area downtown. And so like I've been telling people my entire life 
those buildings across the street from Kaiser Hospital have been boarded up. I've never known any business to be in those places. The only thing new that have happened to those businesses are the public art that have been put on those. And the police substation. Oh, and the police substation has a, you know, I mean, well, I remember that slightly growing up, you know, but then at the same time, it didn't look as nice, mm -hmm. and it most definitely wasn't as active as it is now. You mm -hmm. actually see police there. When I was growing up, you never saw police there, but, you know, like you said, there are a lot of changes coming to the city of Richmond, which is one of the primary reasons why, you know, I decided to run for, for a city council. I talked to my friends from Oakland and San Francisco and even Detroit and Indiana, and they're telling me like where they grow up at, like is being gentrified and things are changing rapidly and things are moving forward and people are getting left behind. And it's like, that's for me, you know, we fought and we worked against things like this in Washington, DC. And so for me, when I came home and I saw some of the same things happening right here in Richmond, it was like, why go anywhere else when, you know, when home requires, you know, my, my energy, when home requires everything that I've been working towards. So, that's why I came home because I'm both excited and scared about what's to come mm -hmm. to the city of Richmond. And that's what I was going to ask you is how do we, a lot of people are scared about, you know, seeing what has happened in Oakland and in, and in San Francisco. And it's, this, it feels like the scarcity is on both sides. There's people who are like, Richmond has always been a certain type of place. And it's like, why can't Richmond have nice things and still keep our community here? What are your thoughts on that? We can. And that's if elected to Richmond City Council, and I even met some people, even if I'm not elected, you think I'm going to just let y'all come in here and, and do the fool? You told me no code switches. So <laughs> I did. Like, I did. So, I like, did. I'm not about to let y'all come in here and do the fool. Like, even if not elected, I'm going to be fighting for everyday people, residents of Richmond, to be here. And so some things that I'm working towards in my campaign is, you know, my economic development platform actually stands on two legs. I call it the two E's. Okay. Entrepreneurship and employment. Okay. Entrepreneurship, as I just mentioned, we have new developments coming to the city of Richmond, housing at the top, retail space at the bottom. And one thing that happened in those other spaces, and one thing that happened in those other spaces, um, in like Oakland and San Francisco, um, what happened in Oakland and San Francisco was that people weren't able, they, they didn't know what was coming. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't able to take advantage of what was coming. And by the time Oakland figured it out, it, it was, was too, too late. late. It was too they late. They was like, wait, this happened in San Francisco, but it, it was already started. They didn't even know. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, it's about in, engaging the public now, engaging entrepreneurs now, engaging small business owners who want to expand now before the sticks even start coming out the ground. Mm-hmm to see if you want to be the one to open up that restaurant, open up that lounge, open up that bar. So that way, when new people start moving to Richmond, you're also getting that money. You're also getting that revenue. And we can really start begin, we can begin to close these gaps. Wealth gap, um, you know, all of these economic gaps and differences that's going on even here in the city of Richmond. And then the other E, employment. Employment is huge. Like, and I'm all for, um, see, and, and that's another thing. I don't like using terms like minimum wage because I'm I'm tired of fighting for the minimum. It's mm -hmm. time to fight for you know what like you deserve, what, what we you deserve. Yeah. You know, and this time, you know, it's about livable wages with me. You know, like finding livable wage jobs and making sure that people have livable wage opportunities. And so, what that looks like in a Demis Johnson administration is um, union union mm -hmm. work. As these new developments come up, they're going to have um, project labor agreements (PLAs). Um, then Richmond also has a local hire ordinance that I also would like to increase from 25% to 35%, which will ensure that more people from Richmond are getting hired. 
in workforce development, working with Sal Vaca and other individuals over at Richmond Works to make sure that our population are getting trained for these new trades that's coming to Richmond. Right now, the trades are begging for people. For people. Unions are begging for membership. And I'm not saying begging like in the sense that like they're on their hands and knees, but it's low. It's the lowest that it's ever been. And it's like, we do have able-bodied people, but a lot of people don't know about these opportunities to make 20 and $40 as an apprentice and then come out of the, as an apprentice making um, 40 to $60 and end up making $80 an hour. And then on top of that, you, uh, you acquire a skill. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to call nobody to add on to your house. You adding you on to it. your house. Well, there was an article about how studies show that now more kids are being pushed into college, which is great. We want all of our students to be educated. But I know also one of your goals, and even though it's not something that's really a city council platform, it's something that's more of a school district platform or a school board platform, but I know something you've worked on at the school is getting more students mm-hmm. actually into the, the apprenticeship program. Can Even though it's not part of your platform, can you just talk a little bit about it is, that? But it is a part of my platform because the school to union pipeline is something that's a major part of my platform. I went to college. I wanted to go to college. Nobody had to motivate me. Nobody had to, you know, beat me over the head to go. So that was something that I already wanted to do. But then also I have friends and family members and it just wasn't for them. And I have students. We have students, you know, and it's like, I can't force you to do something you don't want to do. But like I don't, make sure you're able I don't believe in patriarchy. So yeah. first of all, I'm not going to, I'm not going to force you to be something or do something that you don't want to do. You let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You like to build. You like you come on. You like to get, put stuff together. Paid. You like to use your hand and you want to get paid. Okay, I got, I got a trade for you. I got a couple. So it's like the school to union pipeline at Richmond High School. Was, that looks like more directly is the students from Mr. Milam's woodshop class. Once they complete his course, which will have um, apprenticeship curriculum intertwined in it, mm-hmm. um, they go directly into the apprenticeship program. Okay. And then once they're done with the apprenticeship program, they go into the union, and they're working in Richmond, building those, building those new developments, and making sure that they have worker protection, livable wages, and benefits, which we all know those three things help to offset the cost of living here in the, here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that regular, everyday people can live here in Richmond. I'll say that, uh, like, me and a couple of other people, and this was like, this wasn't planned, and this was nothing that we came up with at a meeting. It was just, you know, you know, just going around talking to people. We call Richmond the last frontier. No, it is. And you know, it's li- and when we say that, it's like Richmond is the last place in the San Francisco Bay Area that is somewhat affordable. That's another term I don't really like to use because it's a loaded term because depending on where you work, that depends on what's affordable. Um, and then it's, it's the last place that everyday people can afford to live. Mm-hmm. It's the last place that looks like the Bay Mm-hmm. It's the last place that actually feels like the bay. It's the last of I mean, just random stuff, and this is totally random. I had a friend that was looking for somebody that braid hair, which is something that our people, our community, have done forever to offset their living. Mm-hmm. And the only place she she lived in Fremont, mm-hmm. she could only find one in Richmond, and she found a whole bunch of them. That it's the only place that's still in the bay. The bay. San Francisco has pushed all of theirs out. Oakland has pushed all of theirs out. And I know Mayor Breed is going to do a lot of work over there to, you know, make sure that that ends and, you know, like to reverse some of those effects. It's going to take a minute. I don't want us to, to, to have to do that kind of work, you know, mm-hmm. like years down the road. So it's about doing the work on the front end, making sure that people are gainfully employed with livable wages, making sure that people are, you know, making sure that, that people have the opportunity to tackle um, wealth gaps. 
and through the opportunity of owning homes and opening up businesses and and learning about investments you know mm -hmm. so for me it's a really it's really about economic empowerment okay and in addition to economic empowerment part of that is also um increasing youth works yes making sure that we actually have a budget for youth works and increasing that budget for youth works so that way youngsters can have a job year-round or, or and, if, or if not year-round experience year a lot of people i mean my first job was at the social security building down on barrett and that for a lot of people in my generation that yeah, was, that was their, their first, first job. job right so it's not even necessarily about i mean money in their pocket is good but they do need that experience of you know getting money what do you do and mm -hmm. really financial literacy is something that we need in our community very bad and it's funny that you mentioned that because youth works they don't just give those kids a job and a check they actually make them go to financial literacy workshops that's good to hear so it's not like you know we're increasing the budget just to put money in kids pockets for them to buy hot chips and, and jordans <laughs> they're actually about to go like they're, they're they're learning how to spend their money how to invest their money and then you think about it for some of our middle to low income families another term i don't like to use because i don't think nobody's low and then you know, like especially in the Bay Area where they call in low one hundred and seventeen thousand. Oh, yeah. Come on now, who makes that? My 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 friend in South Carolina said a hundred thousand dollars is low income. Now that's some California mess. But it is a California mess, though. <laughs> but I've seen Google employees that are loaded up five to a a, a townhouse. I'm like, y'all work at Google. And that's another thing. Housing is a big is a big part of my platform. And that actually goes under my community engagement piece. Um, my community engagement is basically Demos Johnson. You vote for Demos Johnson, you're going to get a candidate that you're going to see past November 6th. I know every time during this year, you know, people come on the radio, come on TV, knock on the doors, oh, get on the phones. Fast. Hey, vote for me. Do this for me. Send me money. You know, support me. And then after election time, you don't hear from them. Until, you know, like maybe something major come up and they'll probably like hold one meeting that you barely hear anything about. And it's like, where are where is the leader that I saw during the campaign trail? Where is the individual that made all of these promises? And so with my community engagement piece and my community development piece is making sure that the people have a voice at the table. Okay. okay. Like is is and the only way I can do that is by making sure that I continue to engage the people past Thank election people. day. Well, here's a good question, since we know that the C-Dub show is a queer-identified mostly. Courtney is not queer, but she's not here. So, podcast, community engagement. What is it that the LGBTQ community can expect you as an ally, as a candidate, and as a city council member? What, what, what would you do to support that particular community? Well, I most definitely support the rights and liberties of the LGBTQIA2S community. And I most definitely will work to make sure that Richmond is a city that remains and continues to build upon the policies that have made us a city that supports the LGBTQI2S community. And so they can expect a voice, they can expect somebody that listens, that's going to pick up the phone when they call. Um, they can expect somebody that's going to engage them as much as everyone else is engaged. They're going to, they can expect to be treated like proper and decent human beings. Okay, and then it's so funny because Richmond is a, a city that's so important. We're one of the cities that has, well, Oakland, of course, has Rebecca Kaplan. We in Richmond have Javonka Beckles, and we had a big fight, you know, um, with just the way that people treated her and the way the council treated mm -hmm. her. Um, and definitely, if, if you're elected, unless she becomes another elected in another space, we'll probably be on the council. So we can expect that you would be supportive of, of making sure that she's feeling safe on the council, making sure other people that are coming for the council oh, are yeah. safe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't... 
I don't play that hate speech. I don't play that sexism, homophobia, xenophobia. I don't play that mess. My philosophy is everybody should get the opportunity to live their lives uninhibited as long as they not messing with nobody else. Amen. That's and and, and, and everybody grown and everybody knows how to behave themselves and everybody got morals and no ethics. So at the end of the day, as long as we're adults and we respect each other, we can all work together and move forward. I will make sure that any any individual, whether it's Javanka Beckles, um, yourself, or any member of the LGBTQIA2S community who come into city who come into the city of Richmond, not just council chambers, but especially in council chambers, because that's where we handle the city's business. Well, I will make sure that that person feels safe. Okay. So an, another question that I had on a personal note, actually, mm -hmm. no, when I was going to ask you some other Carolyn and Dimmel's questions, but I'm not going to do that. I have to remember that this is a public forum and it's going all over the world. And I want everyone to love Dimless John. And they will. I love you, Dimless. Um, was there anything else on your platform that you think is important for our community or for our listeners to talk about? Most definitely. Um, public safety is the third is the third pillar of my platform. And that's increasing. Public safety for me is 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 a multiple uh, is multitude of things. It's community policing, it's decreasing gun violence, and it's increasing mental health services, it's increasing trauma-induced services, it's increasing um, medical services here in the city of Richmond. And, and in relation to the LGBTQI2S um, community, it's making, sure, it's making sure that everyone feels safe, making sure that there aren't any hate crimes being committed in the city of Richmond, and that hate speech is heavily regulated, and, and people who are who carry it out are, are are dealt with accordingly. And that's important, the fact that you can have that on your public safety platform, because not a lot of candidates consider that to be a public safety issue. And that's a very important thing, moving it over to a different sector of the policy platform, a different sector of the campaign, because some people just consider it, you know, as long as you, I don't have to see it, or, or they consider it a different kind of protection. So for you to actually call it public safety is a very important thing. I am your friend. I didn't even know that. It's a public safety issue, even if it don't affect me. Yeah. If as a young black man, I'm going to expect other non-young black people, especially non-young black men, to speak up whenever a young black man is shot down, then I have to be willing to speak up for when other people are being shot down, whether it's physically, verbally, or mentally. We gotta, we gotta be willing to give out the help that we expect back. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all human beings and everybody wanna be loved and helped and cared for. Yep. That's it. That and, and whether it affects me or, it does affect me. It does. It does affect me because it affects you and you're my friend, it affects certain members of my family, and anything that affects the public and anything that affects people, I'm a child of God, so anything that affects any other child of God, it, it affects me. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing, even as, you know, listeners don't know that I'm on the board for the Richmond Rainbow Pride, and it's really about making visible the members of our community. Like, a, a, even though we do have an openly um, lesbian vice mayor, we are a community that is kind of invisible in Richmond. It's really about making that visible and really having candidates who see, you know, the issues that affect us deeply and, I, like I said, see it as a safety issue, see it as a humanization issue. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, Dimless, it's been a pleasure to sit here and co-switch with you for the last 22 minutes. I, I think I did more co-switching than you. I'm trying to remember that, that you're my friend and I love you <laughs> and I can't talk to you like I do when we sit in, in the office at school that's a, about people. But that's all right because... <laughs> 
one thing your viewer, your listeners should know about me is that you'll see a suit, you'll see a tie, and you know, as Dub say, you'll hear the cold switching and stuff, but at the same time, this, this is about everyday people. This is, you know, I'm, I'm, I am African American, I'm black, but at the same time, this is about everybody. Of course, I, you know, love my people, care about my people, but at the same time, I'm, it's, it's time to do something different, y'all. It's too many broke, hungry people out there looking for a change. And I don't say that with any, like, disrespect. I say that to say I'm one of them. Hell, I grew up in the manor and, uh, and I'm 5th and 11. And that's not to say that everybody in those areas are broke and hungry, but I know we were. Right. And so, I grew up in the temples, and I mean, we wasn't hungry, but we was hungry sometimes. I mean, but you I, get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, like hungry for people more. People have normal human issues. I mean, you have people who are rich who go hungry sometimes. You just, you don't know. And when I say hungry, I don't always mean like in the sense of food de um, food deprived. It's mean in the sense of being wanting more. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you can be hungry, like sitting in an apartment building and want a house. That's hungry. Definitely. You know, you and our community is hungry. And that's another reason why I'm running is, is and I know we got a rap soon, so I'm not going to go too far over. We don't have to. Take your time. But, I, you know, I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that I, I let the people know that I, I come from this. This 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 ain't new to me. Like this 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 is me. I'm not talking about something that somebody told me. I'm not talking about somebody somebody else's life. This is my life. I think that's one thing that makes you and a lot of I know there was an article about millennial candidates and you know millennial leadership. I think that's one thing that makes you know our millennials. I'm an extennial, whatever. <laughs> makes our millennial leaders a little bit different because they are willing to, for in effect, smash the patriarchy, you know, smash the homophobia and all those type of things. Things that a lot of our older generation, no diss to our older generation, but we love y'all. We love y'all. That our, you know, that our parents and our grandparents were taught, and these are things that we have to unbreak on our own because we don't always have the support to unbreak right. it. So that's something that I appreciate about you as a candidate as well. Like we both came from this, and we right. both work every day to try and break all of these things in our community to exactly. make our community thrive and better. Okay. Well, thank you again, Demless Johnson. Once again, when are we voting for you? November six, and I know your viewers probably gonna laugh at me because I missed that. LGBTQIA2S up. And they're probably like, he probably don't even know what that means. No, and, and that's what I'm going to say to them. I'm going to say, listen, listen, okay? Whenever you are somebody's friend and you are, I have taught Dimless everything. I taught him how to be a good ally because that's what, you know, there's, there's my trans friends that are teaching me how to be a good ally to my trans friends. We got to be willing to teach each other. We have to learn to be good allies yeah. to each other. We gonna, I mean, I tell them all the time, don't call me a good ally because I mess stuff up too. So, Dim was messed up. He messed up, up all the time. But I fix him. I correct him. Yes. I slap him on his yes, hand. Indeed. And then it'll be all right. And I welcome it. And not just from Dub. I welcome it from everybody. Like, even if I don't know you, like, I rep if I purport to represent you and you feel I'm doing something that doesn't represent you, Hello. slap me on the hand. Check Come on em. now. We family. Check him. We all family. All right. And I appreciate you for having me once again. Shake my hand, Dimless. Yes, indeed. All right. Yes, indeed. All right, folks. That is the end of this episode of the Six Degrees of C-Dub. We will see you Six. at another time. We are not on the camera, Dimless. They can't see you giving them the peace sign. All right. Bye, y'all. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it, 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 walk it like I talk it. You walk it like I talk it. Walk it, walk it like I talk it. Walk it, walk it like I
walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. Hey, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. Talk it, walk it like a talk it. Hey, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Yeah. Take my shoes and walk a mile. Something that you can't do. Woo. Hey. Big talks of the town. Big boy gang moves. Gang moves. I like to walk around with my chain loose. The C-Dub Show.